This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Agency Intelligence Podcast, where I give you real agents, today's a little different, inside real agencies, he once was, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. Welcome to another episode. I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm glad our guest is here. You guys are going to find out that you've seen it already. You're thinking, who is this guy? You've, is what you've read when you're listening and you've thought, okay, Cass got a podcast. Or the other 80% of you said, holy cow, Roger Sitkins is on here? This is unbelievable. And that's how unbelievable it is. Now, I had to literally go to Southwest Florida, pull him out of his house. No, I'm joking about that. I'm joking about that. He was really, really anxious to come. Um, as you guys know, you may not know Roger, but you've probably heard Sitkins, right? That last name of his is Brick Kelly, um, who I always like to say, Roger, maybe it's not the right word, but he's the heir apparent. That's what I always say about, about Kelly there. Um, and so everybody knows how great Kelly is. But I don't think that you know that it, Kelly was brought to the Sitkins group because of the foundation he has. But what he has constructed on that foundation with Rogers, unbelievable. And I'm really, really looking forward to get onto that because here's three things that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a lot of things because Roger is full of knowledge. And you guys know that I can go off on a tangent in a minute. But one of the three things I would like to stay focused on is does your direction meet your de desired destination? He's going to blow your mind in that. The best version possible question. Uh, Brent Kelly. It's a question. If you guys remember, Clint, Clint, or Clint, Brent asked us on um, LinkedIn about a year ago, and it was a question that I have to say was probably one of the most profound questions that will really make you look deep inside yourself and say, "If that happens, how would I feel? How would I think of myself?" How would I feel? And then the agency pyramid, 80% quoters and floaters, 80%, 18% are, tr are trying to escape and 2% are the top, top of the pyramid, T-O-P. And he did, uh, Brent Kelly did a little bit of that for us at Brainshare um, when we were in, uh, well, that was 2019. I'm, I'm having to, yeah, because we didn't have 2020, 2019. Um, and uh, it was a really, really special thing. Now, I wanted to bring Roger on, and Roger gave me a list of things that we could talk about. We may jump around to other ones, but that's where it is. But before I get on with Roger, I want to remind us that we got your podcast.com. We got your podcast.com. 13 shows now, 13 shows. By the time you're listening to this, I'll let you know that Kelly Pier, uh, Donahue Piro actually has reached out to We Got Your Podcast and is having us um, do the publication and the producing and publishing of her of her podcast. Um, so when, more of the editing and the publishing or producing, I should say. Uh, these are the type of things. My buddy Cook, uh, Christopher Cook, he decided that he has started a podcast with a guy um, in North Carolina. There are more, um, what is it, carport manufacturers than anywhere in the world. It's amazing. And a couple of the clients are his. So they're putting together a podcast where they're going to speak to those people who um, own those businesses, the new businesses coming up, but also the contractors and everybody who's involved in that industry. Why are they doing it? Because they're trying to build authority. So when they get in the door, they then can do the tactics to help show that they can provide value. They know that industry. And so we got your podcast.com. Be sure to check it out. We got your podcast. Dot com. I have a team of four that can take any podcast recording and put it through this little funnel and comes out the other side a beautiful recording that will help you build authority. We got your podcast.com. Roger Stinkins. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. And thanks for the opportunity to share some information, hopefully some knowledge with people today. Hopefully some knowledge. That's right. That's right. Roger, because um, there's we do not have a lot of time here because we're going to talk about a lot. So we'll get right into it. Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? I am an iPhone. 
Wah, wah, wah. Hey, what's the last app? What's the last app you downloaded? Uh, the last app I got loaded was, believe it or not, another weather map, <laughs> because we had that. And then on top of that, we've got a Sitkins app for all of our attendees. And so oh. I'm not using it as well as I should, but it's a great. All the people that go to our programs have an app that gets them to all the resources. So we're using that one too. There's a plug. Well. Fantastic, fantastic, and um, can't wait to talk to you about this. Such good stuff. Uh, do you love to win, Roger? Or do you hate to lose? I love to win, and and uh, our my article in Rough Notes is called Winning Strategies, and there's a reason for it. It's interesting. One time, uh, there were two of my clients that happened to be here in Southwest Florida golfing uh, with me, and one of them actually has a home here. And we were on the driving range, and I said, what's it all about? Is it about earning money or is it about winning? And they both unanimously right away said, it's about winning. Money comes after. And mm. That was cool that the best just want to win. They want to compete and win. And the money will be there when you do the right things. Yeah. It will be. You're right about that. And then, so I like that a lot, right? Hopping right onto it. I mean, because that's what that's what truly is important. Um, we just uh, lost the uh, CEO or ex CEO of Zappos, and it was one of the things that that was one of the things that he talked about. I've read a lot about him in the last twenty four hours. I had read um, uh, some stuff about him a couple years ago, but isn't it weird how we do this when people die? Like we find out all these treasures, and it's like. Man, he was alive, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know about this stuff. It's really weird how we do that. The secret is, is how do we get that impact out and make that impact in people while they're still alive? That's what we got to figure out as humans, Roger. Because one of the things that he said, which I thought was unbelievable, well, it just goes to winning. He 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 said that he woke up, he created his company, Link Exchange. It, he woke up one day and realized that he everybody that he didn't like going to work and everything like that, and it was unbelievable because all they were trying to do was chase the money. You know, and then when he recreated and joined Zappos and everything, it was about we're not doing about the money. It's like what they said. It's about winning. Then the money comes. Yeah. It's funny, no matter what, not what that is, winning or or time or value or whatever. If you start there, the money always seems to come, you know. Yeah, I, I was doing some reading, uh, some additional research the other day about million dollar salespeople, not just in our industry, but across all industries. And it was really an interesting comment it said. Do you know why most salespeople get up in the morning? And of course, the response for most people is, no, I really don't. And the response was, neither do they. But if you talk to the million dollar ones, they they jump out of bed. They get going, they know exactly what they're going to do that day. It's just mm. mindset. It's ready to play the game. It's I always use the analogy of the old Dunkin Donuts commercial where the guy would get up every four hours and it's time to make the donuts. Time to make, time to make the, like, the donuts. Rather than some say, hey, I'm excited. I've got a focus. I've got energy. I know exactly where I want to go. And I know how I have to get there. So, mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm going to go on to the next question. But one of the things, I go to bed at between 7.30 and 8.30 every night. And people are like, Jason, what the heck? Last night, I think I stayed up till like 9.15 watching a Netflix show, right? And I can go to bed at 7, 7.30 in a minute. And they say, why is that? I'm like, what is there to do? I already spent time with my family for three or four hours. I've got a 15-year-old. My 21-year-old doesn't live in the house. I've got a 15-year-old. He's talking with his girlfriends and his friends all the time. Me and my wife already went out to eat. I've worked a whole day. And now I, now I don't have anything to do, so I want to go to bed. Why? So I get up at four in the morning and start this baby again because i got a podcast at eight in the morning. I'm excited for the rest of the day, you know? Mm -hmm. I like the uh, people who stay up till 12 or 1 o'clock at night. I don't, I'm not, everybody's got their own schedule. But it's just I tell my sons all the time, I'm like, why do you want to stay up? There's nothing going on. Like everything's going on during the day. This is the time that you need to be, you know. All right. Sorry. Already off on the first uh, rant, but thank you very much. Uh, last last questions, right? Last question, Roger. Um, skill or luck? Two things in the world that get us where we are here at AI. What would you say has been the most uh, influential to you? Well, you create your own luck. You know, you just go out there and make luck. When you do the right behaviors and the right strategies and you're totally focused, you know where you're going, you've got clarity, you create luck. So you've got to develop your skills on a regular basis. That creates luck. I remember reading a long time ago about the famous Amos, the guy that started this cookie company. And someone said, boy, you must have been at the right place at the right time. And he said, when you're at the right place at the right time, there's nothing going on. <laughs> you've got to make it happen. You've got to make it happen. So you create your own luck by working hard. You got to get up at four. I'm a, I'm a 5 a.m. club guy, Robin Sharma. And um, I firmly believe in that because during the day, once things start, you don't really have a lot of time 
to focus on your own personal development. So you mm-hmm. just get up a couple hours earlier. It's pretty simple. And then that, and don't make the first thing you do, grab your smartphone, looking for your darn emails and stupid messages. Spend time getting better. You know, Warren Buffett says it so well, and he's done okay in life. I think he yes. has. He says uh, the best investment you can make is in yourself. And, and yep. he still reads every day two or three hours. So you try to make the money or you try to make yourself better, which what happens, right? It goes back to that. You make yourself better, the money follows, you know? It's 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 the it's the times, Roger, that we see in life where someone didn't have the best interest but yet still made the money, that we that we somehow romanticize that into how life really is, right? When really that's the hard way. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the easy way is just to do what you're passionate about. And you've been an example of that. Take us back to the beginning of your insurance career here and bring us forward, Roger, so that we can kind of relate. A lot of people don't know who you are. And before we get into some of this stuff that's going to blow their mind, I want them to have their feet firmly planted. Well, I made an early career decision. I chose parents that owned an insurance agency. You know, And that's why I got started. I had two older brothers. Neither one of them had an interest. I loved, I saw my, my dad was the outside guy and my mom was the inside guy gal and you know she handled everything and I learned a lot from both of them through the years and got involved in the business um, unfortunately my father became a quadriplegic my senior year of high school I was going up to play college football and and uh, he was became paralyzed due to doctor's malpractice of all things and so oh my goodness our life, our life changed dramatically and originally I was going to you know go play football hopefully for four years which i did and then go to work for an insurance company and learn some of that and then come back and join the family agency unfortunately i wound up joining the family agency in the off season if you will and i started working in the summers and joined it and then through a whole chain of events that i won't bore everybody with i met gary holgate who was the industry's first consultant to independent insurance agencies hired him loved what he did one day he said to me over a planning session better known as having a cocktail together. He said, uh, I'm really busy. Would you like to try to do this? And I thought, God, what a great opportunity to travel and learn from so many other people. And so through the years, I did hundreds and hundreds of agency consultations. And then eventually got to the fact of having young children that I didn't want to be gone. So I said, I want to be so good at what I do that people are willing to get in an airplane and come and see me. And I love that. I, I just started developing all the programs that people would come to us. We first one we ever did was a, a weekend sales and marketing boot camp, and we had fifty-five, I think it was, uh, people show up. And this is back before this was normal, you know. Right, it, it right. Phenomenal. We said, "Yeah, we got to do this on a regular basis." So we did that, and then we created the first producer training camp, then the sales managers camp, and the CEO camp. But the beauty of it was people were coming to us, mm-hmm. and then eventually um, we got so good at what we were doing that like I had one week where I had a, a three-day producer camp and sales managers camp in town, then a two-day private planning session with a client that I wound up doing planning with for 20 years in a row. And then I had to fly to Myrtle Beach to speak on Saturday. And then I had to fly to Pebble Beach to speak on Monday. Wow. And so I had an epiphany at Pebble Beach. I said, this is really cool, but what if I only had a hundred clients? What would that be like? And that could be a one hour discussion, too, of how that all came about. But literally walking along the beach at Pebble Beach and sitting down at a picnic table and writing out a plan saying, what if I had 100 clients? What would it be like? And I wrote for like an hour and then I thought this doesn't matter because it was all about me. How could I impact agencies if I had 100? What would it be? So we created the Sitkins 100 and basically gave people territorial exclusivity. And that worked for like that. We wound up with actually 125 because we had 25 in Canada. And I sold that eventually to a group of the consultants that worked with me and just decided I wasn't ready, ready to quit yet. I still wanted to bring value. And I always say I, I never want to be a fighter. It takes one fight too many. And as long as I'm bringing value and I still love doing it, I'm going to still do this. And if I don't, I'm done. Never want to be a fighter that takes one fight too many. I love that. I love that. That's good. That's good. That's good. No, and you really are good at what you do. And and you're very, very good at what you do outside of – I mean, it's the reason why jo- uh, Brent had very little um, – uh, concern or hesitation in joining when you made the offer. I mean, Brent comes from, you know, his thing with John C. Maxwell and his speaking ability and his time when he was at Clemens Insurance. And so he's lived it, he's walked it, he's put it together. I'm pretty sure Brent has seen it, but from the outside, it seems like what Brent has went through over the last 
prior to Sitkin's 10 years was almost a training ground for what Sitkin's allowed him to be able to do. And when I say Sitkin's, I'm talking to the company loyal listeners, even though this is Roger. But it's talking about it, the whole company like really elevated him. And uh, he's the cream of the crop. I, I swear, I mean, my wife loves the guy. I mean, and she does. She, she just does because she, he's just a he's just a damn good human. And I think it allows a, a lot of pedigree and a lot of credibility um, to your organization that you already bring to the table. My, so here's, By the way, my wife loves him too. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, he's he's a fantastic guy. He's just so genuine. Yeah. So so here's so here. First of all, I want to say before we get on to some of these conversations, where do you live in Southwest Florida? Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Do you know that in I told this to Clint or why do I keep saying Clint? Brent Kelly, I apologize. I keep saying Clint. I don't know why I keep saying that. I don't even hardly know anybody named Clint. Um, I'm moving to Fort Myers in 2023. Oh, really? Where? I am moving to, oh, well, I mean, I just made this decision in the last six months of my life. I'm looking. Um, so we uh, right now we like Cape Coral, but I think when the more we look, we kind of like the, what is it, North Fort Myers area, my wife and I. Mm -hmm. And so here's our deal. We want a pool and we want to be able to live on the, the water so that we can have a boat. That That's it. Like we don't really need much more than that. Yeah. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start another location there and probably – probably only for about three to five years. I'm thinking about having my top 20. There's a um, agency that I read about an agent who had like a thousand or 2000 clients and decided one day he wanted to write whales. And after like a year or two, he wrote down this thing and said, what if I only had 20 clients, right? What if I only had 20 clients and, and this is my certain revenue that you have to qualify to be part of that 20. And if somebody comes in and they happen to be number three as far as revenue side, well, then I've got to go have a nice, polite conversation with number 20 to just tell them that they don't fit within our portfolio anymore. And he had like a little exit plan strategy of somebody else he would give that to. Yeah. But I really, really like that. And I don't do that, though, Roger, to create money for myself. I believe there is a safety protocol if I can get 20 non-for-profits, which is what I like to write a lot of, I have a lot of them and I have different consultants in different areas and loss control people that help me. I would like to be able to create a non-profit um, network that you would be a part of. It's more than just, hey, because of Jason and I do non-for-profits and whatever. It's you're part of this network because we have all these other benefits that are specific to non-profits. Yep. So that, that's what I would like to do. I could do it here, but I hate cold weather, Roger. I hate it. And I'm only 42. I hate it. And so my wife and I were in uh, Florida because we go all the time this summer. And I looked right at her too on the beach. And we were in Pensacola. I looked at her and I said, honey, the government's not making us stay in Illinois. It's not. They're not saying, Jason, you have to live right here, you know. Um, and then last before I get on with this, I uh, looked at how much I paid in my state income taxes. Yeah. And then I looked at what I can do in Florida. I can literally move there, buy a house, and like have no extra expenses whatsoever just by not having to pay state income taxes. Well, you know, my, my, my family agency was in Wyandotte, Michigan, just south of Detroit. Okay. And um, I decided that someday I wanted to live in Florida. So very similar to what you're going through, believe Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I believe I bet a lot of agents are that way. It doesn't make any sense. Anyways, I was talking with Nicholas Ayers about this. Nicholas Ayers just left California to move to Arizona. And people ask him, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? He's like, one sole reason. <laughs> I went and talked to my tax person in 2017. And he said, hey, here's what you're paying. But hey, by the way, if you lived in these other states, this is what you wouldn't pay. He said, I went home to my wife and immediately said, we got to go. Yep. This is ridiculous. Yep. It really, truly is. It really, truly is. Anyways. Totally off topic. Let's get on with where we are right now. Hopefully, you and I will be playing a lot of golf here in a couple of years. You know what I mean? Yeah, I told that to Brent. I told him because he's always down there in the Cape Coral area. I said, I'll be down there, brother. Yep. Uh, fall of 2023. I already got it written down, got it all game planned out. Does your direction match your desired destination? Mm -hmm. What's the background of this? Why, what made you think of this, Roger? Why is this important to agents? I, well, I, the first time I heard it was from a pastor that I follow, Andy Stanley, out of the Atlanta area, North Point Ministries. You're a spiritual man. Yes. You, well, fantastic. Okay, cool. And uh, Andy asked this question. He said, does your current direction match, match your desired destination? Of course, he was talking about life and family and spiritual and everything. 
but it hit me. I said, what a great question to ask producers and agency owners. And we've actually created this little chart we do now. We basically say, you know, do an X and a Y axis. And on the, the bottom, the Y, put minus five years, minus three years current, then plus three years, plus five years, plus 10 years. And what you do okay. is you look at either your agency size or your book of business five years ago, three years ago, and currently. So that's your trend line. Now extend that out 10 years. Where will you wind up? So that's your direction. Okay. Yeah. At okay. the 10-year mark, do a vertical line, okay, that parallels the x-axis and do a vertical line on just, you know, what your desired destination is. So let's say it's a producer book of business and he or she is at, you know, they were at 300, then they got to 350, now they're at 400. If they continue that, they might get to six, 700,000 in revenue, okay? But what if their desired destination is a million dollars? Well, there's a big gap there. So, there so you do the trend line, what's your direction? And then you take from your current year to your desired destination, do another line. And what you're going to find is a gap. What is that difference? Yeah. And so gotcha. the gap, and I love acronyms to a fault. You do. You do. Lots of acronyms. So the, the gap is what, what are your, your goals and plans for growth and profit? GAP, GAP. And so it's very visual when you look at this and you say, you know, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to be okay because this is a great business. You, mm -hmm. you can easily become semi-successful. And, and that's where most producers are. They don't really have financial freedom yet, and they're not managing their money the way they should. Certainly, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of one of my really good friends, David Box, Smart Couples Finish Rich, Start Light Finish Rich. His new book, The Latte Factor, strongly recommend it. Wow. But um, what happens is in our business, you can you can become semi-successful. You can be you can make $150,000, $200,000 a year, okay? But at the end of the day, you're not really successful. You might have the nice house and, and the kids are in the good school and you belong to the country club and you've got a good community and good church and everything else. But when you really look at them financially, they're not secure yet. They don't have financial freedom. But to the outside world, like I, I was reading an article this morning, Fort Myers city manager there, I don't know whether he's going to get fired or not, but he has all the responsibilities that he has being a city manager and he makes $230,000 a year. An average producer is going to make great at that. And mm -hmm. all that producer worries about is their book of business. It's a great That's business. Right. It's an absolutely great business. So, That's good. so so, what happens is if you don't recognize that gap and say, all right, if I keep doing what I'm doing, this is where I'm going to wind up and I'll be okay. But at the end of their career, they're going to be just so many regrets. I wish I could have. I should have done this. I should have done that. And even though they're still okay, they're not, they're not in financial freedom. They're not. Correct. So I just think people have got to take a hard look at what's the trend line, whatever you want to call it, the direction. Where's that wind up in 10 years? Is that where you really want to be? If not, what are you going to do differently today? And one of the biggest mistakes that, that I see, whether it's individual producers, own, agency owners, the sales managers, the few that do exist in our business, that when someone's numbers aren't right, you know, well, you know, your, your closing rate, this is my favorite, you know, your closing ratio is low which most people don't even know what it is. But if I said, you know, Jason, your closing ratios, you're at 22%, man. That's just not accepted. You got to be at 50% minimum. Go work on that. As a producer, you'd go, uh, okay, I'll go work on it. I don't know what the hell that, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the key, one of the early, early lessons I had, Jason, was that the numbers are nothing more than the end result of behaviors and strategies that you have in place. So if your numbers aren't yeah. right, don't look at the numbers. That The numbers are the end result. You've got to look, look at the behavioral issues, your, your habits, your traits, your strategy strategically are doing the right thing. Like you mentioned, top 20. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you live that strategy, can you do that? I mean, it's, that's what happened when I went to the 100. I said, you know, that's, that's, that's all I want. And, and here's my business model. And because most producers don't have a business model, they're not saying, you know what? I'm going to have 50 clients paying 20 grand each. There's a million bucks. I, I had another one of my uh, semi-famous blinding flashes, the obvious BFO. You know that every single million dollar producer didn't start off as a million dollar producer? Really? <laughs> they started someplace else, but they got themselves on the journey. So look sure. at your direction. If it doesn't match your current destination, desired destination, that financial freedom number, 
What are you going to do from a behavioral and strategic standpoint that will get you on the right track? And then Mind blowing, Roger, mind blowing, because what you gave us there and this is loyal listeners, what's so special about what he does and that how they teach it. You gave us in the clouds, right? The destination desired. But then you brought us right down into the dirt and said, now, what does that look like? What's your why? What's your X? You know, and let's let's brace that out. That's something that someone can take this away from in this podcast and say, wow, I want to project out. And what's going to be really good is a lot of you are listening to this still in 2020 because we're moving Roger up, even though we're out until January. I told the team he goes out next week. And, and I want you to start thinking about that when you're thinking about 2020. Today's your day to go back three years, go back, what'd you say, one year or whatever, and then this current year, five, three, yeah, that's right. And then forward three, five, ten. There. What a great way. And that's something that you can easily do very, very simply just by, you can run a QuickBook report and figure out that really, really yeah. quick. You know? Yeah, that's that's good. I like that. You know, and, and, and you know, Roger, before, Roger, why is this? Why is it that someone comes to your pro fit? two people and one walks out, it's called profit and yeah, professional fitness. Yep. That's right. That's right. I, I, yeah. So why is it that two people sit in that, that class, that, that thing, what they both leave. One says my life will never be the same. The other said that was the biggest waste of my time in my life. Why is that? Well, what is that about us as humans? Um, you know, I'm stuck a little bit here cause we, that's we okay. have a hundred percent guarantee. If you don't like what the program is, you get your money back. And in the, you know, hundreds of programs, I've 150 some producer camps now, we've only had one person ever ask for their money back. And you actually had somebody? That's surprising. Okay. <laughs> and I called him and I said, um, what's wrong? He said, you know what? I just didn't like it. It's not for me. I said, fine, send him money. Well, then three years later, he winds up, he sends one of his producers to my camp. So I called him up. I said, wait a minute. Why are you? <laughs> he said, oh, hell. He said, I just didn't like it for me, but I know that's what my producer needs. Ah, gotcha. You know, one of the things we stress is that we'll be a catalyst and we'll give you knowledge that, you know, I always say to younger producers, I say, pay really close attention because what's going to happen is we're going to quantum leap your career by 10 years by being with us. And they'll look at me like, well, how do you, how do, you do that? I say, well, I'm going to tell you all the stupid stuff I've done and all the other people have done so that you can learn by our mistakes, not learning by your own mistakes. So one of the big things is I can never want it. And Brent stresses this too. We can never want it for you more than you want it for yourself. If you really want it and you know your desired destination and you know what your best version possible looks like, and you know that at the end of your career, you don't want any regrets. In fact, you want regrets. You want great results that you've replicated on a regular basis and then wind up doing more than you ever thought you could do. So it's really the people who come in there and and they get the clarity. You know, we talk about clarity, consistency and commitment and clarity is, you know, where, where am I today? Where do I really want to go and how do I get there? OK, the consistency is what are the things from a behavioral and strategic standpoint that I have to consistently do? It's things like how about having a pipeline, but it's it's overflowing with future ideal clients only that have been referred to you. How do you get there? What well, sounds easy, but how do you do so? The consistency on behaviors and strategies. And then finally, commitment, which comes down to personal accountability. The overriding theme in everything we do, you know, talk about agency pyramid. We have a producer pyramid too. And in every one of them, the top of the pyramid is real simple. It's personal accountability. And when I look at the best producers and I look at the best agencies, the foundation, the capstone, not foundation, the capstone for all of them is there's a culture and a cadence of accountability. Saying it is one thing. Doing it and being accountable to an accountability partner, that makes the difference. So it really, it comes down to people come with good intent. You know, we, we used to kid around and when everything was still alive before we were forced to go virtual, we said there are three types of attendees that come to our programs, learners, vacationers, and hostages. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see the definition of each one. Yeah. So the learners, you know, they're there. They, they want to learn. They're excited. They've seen what other producers have done in our program. CRO's chief revenue officer. See every, you know, they say, I'm excited. I'm going to learn. Vacationers are going, you know, it's January. And I live in Illinois. I can go to Fort Myers Beach. Sign me up. And hostages are there because their, their boss told them they had to go. 
And of course, you can see their body language right away. And I tell them right up front, I said, look, it, here's the three categories. If you're a hostage, do me a favor. If by noon today, I've not shown you, or Brent's not shown you that we can dramatically impact your career, leave the session. No blood, no foul. Okay. Because I'm not going to let you sit in the room and suck energy from everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I think it comes down to that. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. I think it does. You answered it perfectly. I mean, if that person's a hostage versus a learner, there's nothing you're going to teach them versus that learner is like they thought it was the greatest thing after the first hour, oh, yeah. you know? So yeah, that 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 is really, really, I like that a lot. And you said a couple other things, but I, I'm going to move on there because yeah, you've got a lot of, lot of knowledge of what you're hearing. One thing I want to say is, is that I heard Billy Williams, who is, is, I love Billy. I think he's so practical and simple, right? More for the agency operations deep inside that stuff. And one thing that Billy said yesterday on a podcast that blew me away, he said, we only have four types of discipline in this world. He said, there's self-accountability. And he said, if you rely on that, you're probably going to have a lot of, not, not a lot of success. He says, because you fail yourself every time. Then there's accountability right? There's somebody holding you accountable, which you just said, which is one of the most important things because we don't ever want to let each other down. He said, then the fourth, third kind of accountability, which I thought was crazy is technology automation. Maybe you can't hold yourself accountable, or maybe someone can't hold you accountable for something, but you can count on automation to help you. And the fourth thing he said was outsourcing. You can't hold yourself accountability. You have no one to hold you accountable. You can't automate it. So outsource the damn thing, Jason. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I really, really like that because people don't associate technology or outsourcing with being a form of discipline. But it's so weird what you just said. You were all about accountability and discipline and the cap of this. It's always coming back to that. And so just my boy, Billy, brings it. Everybody needs a coach. Now, that doesn't mean everybody wants a coach. What we need and what we want are two different things, okay? And if you don't want it, I can't help you. I can sit there, you know, you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to develop your team and you need to invest in your team. But they don't want it because they're already semi-successful. It doesn't mean anything. But it's always getting down to what are the, what do you really want? Why are you doing this? And it's not, why are, you know, we, why are you getting out of bed in the morning? Why are we getting out of bed? That's exactly right. Exactly right. So I can live in Cape Coral one day. Anyways, um, now the, the other thing, I just really like warm weather. I, I beach in the warm weather is just totally me and boating. Now, and also I want to spend my life in Cuba. I mean, it's real close. I still got to go the legal way. I'm just not going to get on my boat. That's not why I'm, you know, it's pretty close though. But anyway, so let's go into this. You and you and Kelly, you and Brent are getting ready to go and you're getting ready to do one of your things, change people's lives, build, build, build quality agencies. And he says something to you about the best version yep. of yourself. Yep. Tell, tell me that story. And this is, this is very profound, loyal listeners. Um, it's one of those breakthroughs that you just love to have. Um, we were sitting in at a Atlanta airport or Atlanta airport hotel in Marriott. And we were preparing. We absolutely believe in relentless preparation. Relentless preparation gives you an unfair advantage. Okay. It's true. Um, we're sitting there and we're going through the session and we're timing out exactly what we're going to do, who's going to do what. And then Brett looked at me and he said, Roger, he said, if one of the agency CEOs, it was a CEO fit program we have, one of them were to come up to you and say, what is the best version possible of an agency? What would you say? Well, I need jerked it right away. And I just went, you know, here's, here's everything that I think that, that it would be in place. They, you know, they'd have a unique selling proposition. They'd have their five points of differentiation. They would constantly be training their team. They would do low risk practice, not high risk practice. All these things. They're just, you know, they'd, they'd have high performance teams, not high maintenance teams. I just laid it all out there. And so, you know, we talked a little bit and said, how do we build that into some of the comments? And you know, there are certain times you get asked a question where you just can't let go of it. Mm-hmm. As I've shown, your brain cannot refuse a great question. Your brain will work on it. You get up mm-hmm. at four in the morning and do your thinking. 
<laughs> so I I was laying there and I just couldn't go to sleep. I was I was yeah. I'm always want to be so prepared, as I mentioned. I'm going over what I'm going to say and how I can impact it and knowing my clients. But this kept rattling in my head at three o'clock in the morning. I got up and I got on my iPad and I Googled best version possible. And a Canadian songwriter came up and it, it was a, a, a phrase, you know, a lyrics from his song. It said, uh, close your eyes and imagine the best version possible of you. That's who you really are. And you've got to let go of anything or any obstacle that stands in its way. That's paraphrase. That's pretty close to exactly what he Still pretty good, though. I, I like was, it. I thought, wow, close your eyes and imagine the best version possible. That's who you really are. You've got to let go of anything that's in your way. So the next morning, and then I, I played with it, and I actually created another chart. I love the chart. And this one basically says that across the bottom of the chart, you've got four quadrants. You've got 0, 25, 50, 75, and 100%. And then up the side, you've got the same, 25, 50, 75, 100%. And the, the first category, the first vertical is your results. And then the second uh, line, the horizontal line is just, you know, how good are you going to become? So I looked at this, I said, you know, there are really four versions of producers, four versions of agencies, four versions of whatever. And the, the first version is somebody that's really only doing 25% of what they need to do. Okay. And they're taking the easy way out. I heard this said uh, a few years ago that if you take the easy way out now, at the end of your career, life's going to be hard. But if you'll do all the hard things now, at the end of your career, life will be easy. So mm -hmm. the first version, they're getting really poor results. Okay. And, but they're just always taking the easy way out. The second version, they're doing about 50% of what they need to do, but they're only getting about 50% of the results they should. And that's an average agency. And again, in our business, average is pretty darn good. No Most lie. people would love just to be average in our business. Then you get into the version three and people are doing good. I mean, they're really, they're above average in, in everything they do, but they've accepted that good is good enough. Okay. And then finally, the fourth version, the best version possible is the agency overall or the individual producer, individual leader that is doing 75% of everything they know they should do. I mean, they're really on top of it. They know the things they should do and they're doing 75 to 100% of what they should do. Well, the cool thing is that as you go through these and get to the fourth version and you're getting towards that best version possible, while, while one axis is, is going up at a 45 degree angle, there's another one that's coming down and that's regrets. Because the people that just do the good is good enough at the end of their career, they've got those regrets again. So, yeah. so when, I, when we've looked at this and we've challenged people and said, what version are you on? And again, they're not falling into this good is good enough scenario. Uh, so, someday, I'll, wow. I'll tell you a great story about that someday, about meeting Muhammad Ali. In fact, I'll tell you now. What happened. Come on, yeah. What Going to the Midway Airport, I see this line of people standing there and the guy at the head of the line is, you know, everybody's facing him. He's handing out stuff. And I, th I th just assume it's a supervisor giving people the work duty because primarily everybody had the same windbreaker on workers for an airline. Then I looked over and, oh, my God, it's Muhammad Ali. Now, this is, you know, 11, 15, wow. 20 years ago. Wow. So I realized he's giving out autographs. And I got in line and, uh, and he was just starting to show the Parkinson's, okay? And he had all of these threefold little brochures, you know, trifolded piece of paper brochures about his religious beliefs, but he was autographing them for people. So he said, yeah. And I said, what name? I said, oh, it's for my son, Patrick. Okay. And he wrote out very carefully Patrick, but I noticed that at the end of his fingertips, there were a bunch of marks, ink marks, where his hand had jumped because of the Parkinson's. And I also noticed he had written two and then blank, the date Muhammad Ali. So he had done everything other than the name sitting in his hotel room ahead of time, being prepared. But again, all the ink marks. So he wrote Patrick and right at the end of it, his hand jumped. And I said, thanks, champ. And he went, it's not good enough. I said, what he said, it's not good enough. Took a brand new one. I again, already pre-written everything except the name. And this time painstakingly wrote it even better. He looked, they said, now that's good enough. Wow. What a lesson. Wow. Okay. I also, Muhammad Ali said, I hated every single day of training. 
but I did it for the glory. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. No matter how great you are, you can always be yeah. better. You can always, you always have, you know, wow, that's, that's good stuff. That's, that's really, really good stuff. Thank you very much for that, um, that, that type of things. So, so at the end of it though, he asked the Brent asked, put it as the way that Brett asked it though. If you, and this is what I want loyal listeners to hear is everything you just said, but Brent is saying is when you die, mm-hmm. If you or what do you say? No hell, hell is the definition of hell. Go ahead, you say it, so I don't. Hell on earth is is at the end of your life meeting the person you could have become, and realizing it's too late. Oof, oof! I remember when he said that on LinkedIn, and I just was like, ugh. I sent that to my team. I sent it to my wife. I sent it to some of my friends, and I was just like. That right there, if you don't know how to plan for goals, if your brain doesn't know how to do anything that helps guide it and, and you're, you're having a hard time finding the North Star of your life, let's put it that way, right? Just try to say, I need to be the best example of myself. And like you said, it's getting rid of, I mean, we're already the best example. It's just all the other BS that we're bringing along with it, right? I mean, so. That whole definition, close your eyes and imagine the best version possible. That's who you really are. And I, I say to producers, that's who you can become or agencies. That's who you can really become. You just got to get rid of any obstacles or anybody that's that's standing in your way. Because most people just, again, you don't have to make tough decisions. You'll do okay. But you're going to have regrets later, period. Going yep. to. And it's going to be hard. And like you said, I hate the training, but I did it for the glory. Yep. Uh, that sounds like Muhammad. Man, that guy had an ego that could just, just that, that carried him through life, you know? And when we say that ego, sometimes it takes such a negative tone today. No, nah, ego is just, you know, I say I have a big ego and I really do. Um, when I say that, Roger, I'm meaning, meaning confidence. Well, you believe, you believe in yourself. And one of the things that I've seen with so many producers, agency owners, all the personnel, is they have self-limiting beliefs. They, they, they tell themselves they can't. I mean, you know, I'll give mm-hmm. you an example. Asking for a referral. Oh, that's basic stuff. Yeah, well, how come, how come over 90% of your customers renew, but less than 10% give you a referral? Now, think of the conflict there. Well, one of the reasons is you don't practice. You don't know how to ask for a referral. You're not conversational and comfortable, and you, you fear hearing no. I can guarantee you there's nobody you know, nobody I know that ever died when they asked for a referral. Prior to asking for it, they thought they would or asking the tough questions of a future ideal client. But but they they just have self-limiting beliefs that hold them back from doing what they know they should do and, and mm-hmm. could do, but they don't spend enough time practicing. And we, I, I use the term earlier, low risk practice. There's two types of practice, low risk and high risk. Yeah, you did mention that earlier. What is the difference? Okay, low there? risk practice is practicing in the office in front of your peers or at home with your spouse or your dog or somebody. You know, it's, okay. it's in a low risk environment. High risk is practicing for the first time in front of a future ideal client or a great center of influence. So a producer that's going out to make a presentation and they've never rehearsed it. Are you kidding me? You work so hard to get in front of a future ideal client and then you show up, throw up and blow up, as we say because you didn't practice. And when we ask people, why don't you practice in front of your peers? Well, response is, well, I, you know, I just don't want to look stupid. My response is, you're going to look stupid someplace. Where do you want to look stupid? I don't stupid? know what happened here. In the office that doesn't cost you any money. Roger, you're frozen. in front of a future ideal client or a center of influence where you absolutely blow it and lose money, um, period. Uh, Roger, wait, I, you, you just cut yeah, out. You, you froze there for a while, too. I have no idea what happened there. That was kind of weird. Don't worry. I have a great edit- editing okay. team. So you were talking about when you throw up and blow up, you know, just start right from that. Yep. yep. Just start right there and go. Yeah, that, that the average producer will not practice. They don't, they don't rehearse their presentations. We had a, a young producer in one of our sessions last year said, I'll tell you the number one thing I learned. I said, what's that? He said, coach, from now on, I'm no longer going to practice my presentation during the actual presentation. Okay. <laughs> and, and again, you work really hard to get in front of somebody, and then you're not prepared. You think you can mm-hmm. wing it? You know the sad mm-hmm. news, Jason? You can wing it in this business and do okay. Which is- 
It, it is. And that's what, and that's the reason why people say sometimes they don't need you, Roger. Oh, no. That's why they say they don't need these. It's like, how dare you try to tell me what I'm doing wrong and I'm making $200,000 a year. And all we're trying to say is if you're happy with that, that's fine. But I know a lot of agents, probably majority of agents who are making $200,000 a year who are miserable. Oh, like they are literally miserable trying to pull that money out of their out of their agency. Yeah. You know? plus, plus they're so, spending most of their time doing those things that have nothing to do with their unique abilities. They're caught in a service trap. They're dealing with crap all day long. They, they, they're just doing the wrong things. You know, we see that the average producer spends less than 12 percent of their week doing things they really should be doing. Crazy. That's Crazy. right. That is the main thing that Billy always says. He says, Jason, if I could get agents to do three to four hours a day of green time, and he declares green time to be things that he can, that I can do, that other people in my office can't do or shouldn't be doing, right? And it's like, why are you doing those things that you should? And I have to admit, I catch myself a lot of that. And that's one of the conversations that me and Travis, my business partner have, is that he is a true blue producer, just goes. And it's been a five-year challenge for him to get us to understand that like, we're not a non-for-profit. We're not here to write business because somebody decided to call us or come in the door, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that that's what we have to do. Man, I'll tell you what, Roger, in our first year together, I mean, it was really, really tough for him to get that. The good part about Travis is he's a numbers guy. And so he can start to look at, wait a minute, we're getting a lot of money over here from people who are barely bothering us. <laughs> and we're getting no money over here from all these people who are bothering us. You know, well, what's, what happens, pretty- it's, it's the 80-20 rule again that people, that's one of the things Brent Kelly said is he learned more and more about the 80-20. said, I can't believe more people aren't talking about this. You know, it's only been around since 1896. I think it's real. And I think it's real. And yeah, and I love it when I'll say it's 80-20 rule and people be like, well, that's not always right. Well, it may not be exactly 80%, but it's probably 79-31 or 21. You know what I mean? It's pretty damn close. So so let's go on to this before we wrap it up, because I know you have a long day. The agency pyramid, 80% quoters and floaters, which are trapped, 18% try to escape, and 2% are at the top of the pyramid. Kind of goes along some of the stuff that we've talked about. But but what's the frame of reference? The frame of reference is that there's a gradation in everything. So the 80-20 rule, you've got your A, B, and C accounts. Your A accounts are top 5%, 50% of the revenue. If you don't believe it, run your numbers. Mm-hmm. And the top 20, the next 15% of the customers are 30% of the revenue. So the top 20 are 80%. And unfortunately, because most agencies don't understand it, they underservice the best customers, overservice the others, and they have profitable accounts subsidizing unprofitable accounts. It's that simple. Okay. So when we look at agencies overall and say, does the 80-20 apply? Yes, but even to a little bit different degree. The bottom 80% of the agencies, they're effective at what they do, and they're quoters and floaters. And again, it's it's a good business. You'll easily make six figures and not have. And a quarter and floater is someone, I'm just doing some quote, here yeah. you go. Someone requests a quote, I do it, here you go. You know, just quote and float person They do person. something I coined a long, long time ago. They do a whole bunch of practice quoting and unpaid consulting and doggone it, every once in a while something sticks. <laughs> so, and even at a, even at a, 10 or 15% closing ratio, hell, I'm doing okay. You know, just quote, quote, quote. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's no super qual. There's no pre-qualifying whatsoever. If they can fog up a mirror and paint American dollars, I'll give them a shot. Okay. So, but, but again, you can do okay if you're happy with that. You're, you're not going to mm-hmm. but you'll be okay. The, the next 18%, you know, the, the, the quotas and floors, again, they're just, tra- they're trapped in what we call hog, hysterical activity on the way to the grave. And they constantly confuse activity with results all day long. And the, the language of their agency is all about activity. Man, am I busy? You think you're busy? I was so busy. How was your day? I was swamped. What did you get done? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yep. 80%. Mm. Mm. They're trapped. The middle core, the 18%, they're they're becoming more of the trusted advisors to their clients. They're realizing that one of the most important metrics for them is their average revenue per client. And as an individual producer, if I want to be a million dollar producer, I can't do it right in thousand dollar accounts because I'd have to write a thousand of them. That's their collectivity. Mm-hmm. But, but they're getting to the point where they're moving away from being a commodity broker, a vendor of a commodity that's price only to becoming positioned as trusted advisors to their clients. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then there's the top 2% that have escaped. 
and they're indispensable risk partners with their clients. They're not for everybody. What they do is not for everybody, but they're very specific about what a future ideal client looks like. That's what they put in their pipeline. They're very specific about the risk plans they'll do for people. You know, a, a, a simple one. You can ask every one of your listeners, what percent of the top 20% of your customers did you do an annual risk survey on this year? Hmm. And if I were competing against you, the first question I would ask is, could you share with me a copy of the last risk survey your current agent completed on your business? That's all I'd have to ask. Mm. So that the top 2% have truly escaped. They've gotten to the top of the pyramid. And one of my favorite sayings is the person at the top of the mountain didn't fall there. Okay. <laughs> so the agency at the top of the, the pyramid didn't fall there. You know, they didn't wake up as a $5 million, $10, $20, 30000000 million agency. They worked their way there. Differ mm -hmm. They differentiated in their marketplace. The quotas and floaters, they're, you know, why should I do business with you? We give great service. We represent all the carriers. We can save you money. We're local. And my least favorite of all is that we have the best people. It's like a vortex opened up in the in the universe and sucked in the best people just to your agency. Come on, that's what everybody says. Yeah. So, no, you're you're so right. And, and Roger, why do we do it? Because like we can all all of us loyal listeners right now, you're running, you're swimming, you're driving, whatever it is. Think of your largest client. Think of your top three largest clients. Just your top three, and then think about how many times they call you. Think about how many times they request something. You know, I mean, hey, maybe they do request three times a, a, a month and it's a certificate of insurance. Oh, wow. That takes a whole five to 10 minutes to put together, right? So like we're looking at this stuff, like loyal listeners, think about that. The other thing I, I get on them about is the same thing of uh, agents will complain about service and how they hate the service work, but yet at the next breath, Roger, they will brag about how many clients yeah. they have. It's like, that makes no sense. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. Like, do you want 7,000 clients or do you want no service work? It, it, you can't really have both. You're going to have service work if you have 7,000 clients. And I'm not saying one's wrong or yeah. the other, but you can't say things and then totally act a different way and expect that to be kudos. Yeah. It's, you know, what you say yeah. and what you do are two different things. And it just, it, it just comes down to, you know, what's the business model you have either as an individual producer, what's your business model as an agency? What's your business model? How many clients and how much money each to equal what? And then more importantly, what's your profit margin? And if you're less than a 30% operating profit, which of course means no interest or investment income considered, if you're not making at least 30%, then you're leaving millions of dollars of value on the table. Right, I am. right now, it's pretty simple. Just doing the core things that we've talked about here. You'll easily make $100,000 a year, even a small agency. The bigger ones, you'll make five, six, seven hundred thousand. Okay. Every $100,000 in today's marketplace right now is worth somewhere in the neighborhood of $1.2 to $1.3 million of value. I think it's a pretty good investment. <laughs> How do you get that? What do you mean by that? EBITDA right now, if you have $100,000 EBITDA, okay, evaluation okay. right now is somewhere in that 12 to 13 times. You're going to get eight, nine, 10 times up front. But then with the earn out, it can be 12, 13 times. We have one of our close friends. And one of the views of what I do is our clients become friends because we really care about them. And they, they wind up caring about us, which is pretty cool. But he sold his agency and he had about $6 million of revenue. Okay. But he got, <laughs> I, I won't say his names. So I won't embarrass him. Yeah, don't do that. But yeah, okay. had about a million and a half dollar EBITDA times 10. That's 15 million. OK, so do the math. It's there's so much money mm -hmm. to be made out there right now. And every mm -hmm. single person listening is going to eventually going to leave their business. Either you're going to leave as a producer, you're going to leave as an owner. You're going to leave. Why don't you leave with financial security? Invest in yourself. Get better. Amen, brother. Roger, I really greatly appreciate your time. I'm going to wrap it up with two things that are personal. We love to know what you're reading and we know, love to know what you're watching. We know everybody's watching TV of some type and we're just curious whether it's a funny thing, a show. But leaders are readers, readers are leaders, and you're a leader, so I know you're mm -hmm. a reader. What are you reading right now? Um, the last book I just finished is, was a Virtual Selling by Jeb Blount. Um, the technology has taken over. By Jeb, who? Jeb, Jeb Blount? Blount, B-L-O-U-N-T. 
Yeah. Okay. He wrote a fanatical right. prospect. Same guy. Same guy. Yeah. Um, yep. Brett and I have become passionate about what we can do with technology to bring training to people. So they now don't have to come to us, but we also don't have to go to them. Um, you know, we, we've had, as I mentioned to you, almost well, right, by the end of this month, will be a hundred sessions. We've done virtual training sessions for agencies. Um, the largest one so far had 116 locations on it in our, in our new program, our all-inclusive model. But so I'm, I'm reading everything I can about virtual selling because it's taking over. When, when I look at some of the people, just they, they don't even understand how they look. Like normally, if you and I were doing a video, we'd have the, 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 the green screen up. We, we've got beautiful studios set up now in our offices, rented up in Illinois by you and me here in Southwest Florida. And because we've, we've got to be able to bring that message out. And I see producers that, you know, that they're standing in front of an open window. They look like they're in the witness protection program. When you can't even see who they are, okay? And they're just not studying it. It is here to stay. So anything at all that you, you can do on that is crucial. Uh, podcasts I listen to, wow. Um, I, well, Andy Stanley that I mentioned. Um, I'm a big believer in the book, The One Thing. They've got a great podcast. Um, well, I've got about 100 others in there. Dean DeGrasio, Tony Robbins. Uh, let's see, this morning. This morning was Brent Kelly, by the way. Oh, really? He's Law good the, the agent yeah. leader. Um, I just give you a couple others real quick, just because uh, they're just really good stuff here. Hold on. Uh, Selling from the heart. I love that one. I don't know if you've, you've you listened to that one. No, I do not. I don't listen to any of these except for Brent when he comes out with his. And my buddy David Bach uh, with the Latte Factor. Just, you know, again, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. So if people are not listening to the David Bach stuff, you know, we kid around at our sessions say, what's the number one cause of divorce in America? People, of course, yell out money. I say, no, actually, the first thing's marriage. <laughs> and then that's followed by money. And people fight about money because they don't talk about it. Smart couples finish rich. It's a great book. You know, it's something that's along the same lines. I was just reading this morning um, in on LinkedIn, I think, that uh, this, this doesn't have anything to do with it, but it kind of does. It just clicked into my brain. Is that one of the biggest problems that's happening right now, and we're getting ready to face this in our hospitalizations during COVID, has nothing to do with COVID patients. It happens to be all of the women that are pregnant from being in the house all the time back from March, April, and May. And now, think of this though, Roger, now they're going to, to go have babies and the hospitals are like packed and, and it's like we're using part of the maternity ward for extra COVID patients. And it's like now you have all of this. And they, they were talking about it. It's already starting to pick up in some of the southern states. It's already, They're starting to pick it up. And I'm thinking – and they're projecting that the height of that would be in January and February. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, holy cow, this is like another like surge on top of the surge. Like World War II. <laughs> you know, they, they, say, they say four days – the power went out up in Nor uh, New York 20, 30 years ago. And I think that they said that there was a 4% increase in, in the amount of babies. Well, you put us in the house for eight months. There's going to be something. Anyways, so so it might be a little more spread out, though, than when those four came to those four days. But anyways, what I'm saying is it's a, it's a big deal when you're thinking about some of this stuff. Now, last wrapping up, because I know some people get their kicks on Netflix. Maybe you and the boo are watching Hulu, but I don't know what you're doing. Maybe you're spending your time watching Amazon Prime. What's the number one show that you like out there? Maybe oh. that you take a second well, to um, we just, my wife loves The Crown, so we're in the middle of that. Uh, Fisherman's Friend was a phenomenal movie. I love that one. Um, and then about 15 others that I can't remember because they're a blur. That's okay. That's okay. I just wanted one. I just wanted one. No, that is great. I'm one of those people too. I don't watch TV except for the last 30 minutes before I go to bed. It's the way that I chill my brain down. I don't want to read anything anymore. I'm just that way. Um, okay. Well, hey, Roger, appreciate you and all your time today. I mean, this has been fantastic. And I mean, wrapping up, is there anything that you'd like to say? Is there any way that people can reach out to get to know you, Brent? Any kind of thing you want to well, say? Sure. To Our website is pretty easy. www.sitkins.com. And if you do a backslash to AIM, A-I-M, the all-inclusive model, which we haven't even formally announced yet, we're actually doing a webinar um, next week. Brent's going to be doing That's yeah, three, three, you know, how to 3X your organic growth without adding an employee because we know how to do that. We, we know the strategies. But what we're also announcing is the AIM model, that there's no one in the industry that's ever put together an all-inclusive model 
with a monthly low fee where literally everybody in the agency can be trained, the producers, the account managers, the service leaders, the sales leaders, and the agency leaders, all of our various pro-fit professional fitness programs are gonna be offered on an all-inclusive basis, one flat fee. Come on in, everybody gets to go. And then more importantly, it's the ongoing reinforcement. It's not a one-time fire hose event. It's a sprinkler system that keeps everything wet and growing. That's right. That's right. We, uh, loyal listeners, we talked about that before this. Roger, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Uh, I really do. And I, I like I like where you're going with that. Um, loyal listeners, one thing I want you to pull away from this is something that maybe we didn't talk a lot about, but there's a book out there called The Visual Sale. I just ordered it myself. Uh, Marcus Sheridan and uh, Ty- Tyler uh, Lassard um, are actually putting it together. And, it's, and I've heard from some agents so far, it's really, really good. And it's talking about something, I, I don't know if you heard it as everything that Roger and I are talking about, specifically Roger, about this virtual selling. Now that I've, I, that's why I've gotten into this book because I'm starting to really realize, I think that people are going to, I think right now people are saying, and Roger, I'll bring you back into the conversation real quick. If you have anything to say about this, I think people are saying right now, boy, I can't wait till this virtual thing is over. Boy, I can't wait until this is happening. What we don't understand is, is that the consumer is not thinking that. The consumer is probably thinking like, yeah, I'd like to get back to some conferences or yeah, I can't wait till I can go out to lunch with my whatever. But at the end of the day, Roger, we wrote an $82,000 revenue account, largest in my agency. We wrote it on August 10th. I've never been in their office. I've never shook hand to hand with them, never met a board member, never met anything. We did everything over, um, uh, well, at the time was go to meeting because that's what we were using. Now we moved to Zoom. We did it on GoToMeeting. I met with them. I, I did their review with them. I asked for the broker of record from them. I got it from them on the work comp. She said, you got to come back to the board and ask them for the board. I went to the Zoom meeting with the board. This was the first Zoom meeting this board had ever had, okay, because it's the first time. This was in June. They were just all COVID. They're trying to figure out what to do. I meet with the board. I asked for the AOR. I get it. I, I, I wrote the whole thing. It's an $80,000 account. That made me a believer to go. And not only that, this is important to know because I'm not picking on age here, Roger, hold it to me. Every person that's that's on this, this company, they're all 60-year-old plus. These are 60-year-olds who have never really done Zoom before, who took a chance on an agency and a company based on just not because of what they knew on Zoom. It was what we have online and different other avenues and ways that we were able to help them with their audit and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm talking about. And I hope loyal listeners, you hear this. That's where he's putting his chips. He's putting his chips into this. And what's happening is, is this is what I want to say. The banking industry is putting their chips into this. The CPA industry is putting their chips into this. Every industry that your client is going to be dealing with is now going virtual, which means they're going to start getting used to going virtual. It's going to be, and I know this is wild because this is just weird for me too, but in three to five years, your client may ask you like, why are you wanting to come to my office? Why can't you just, why can't we just do this? You know, one of the best networking things in this town is a networking association that's all online and it starts at eight and it's over at eight 30. You hit eight, you're on, you hit eight 30, you're off. There's no driving. There's no communicating. I think we need to learn from this. You need to learn from Roger on this loyal listeners. I do what I do because I do it for you. Now, this has been agency intelligence. Um, actually, yeah, this is agency intelligence. I was thinking it was agents influence because you're not an agent, but this is agency intelligence where I gave you real agent. Roger used to be one and he trains million dollar agents inside real agencies. He's got a hundred plus the best out there giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. Roger, I appreciate your time. This has been Cass. He's Sitkins. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good. Terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. 
But if you can't do any of them good, or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, in virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.